This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. I want to introduce to you some friends who, uh, you probably know both of them, but they are some incredible people. This is Angela Lamb. Go ahead and give it up for Angela. She's going to be sharing with us today a little bit. Yep. The one, the only, your senior pastor and mine, Ronald J. Hunt. Yeah, give it up for Ron. And if we haven't met yet, I'm Kevin. We've been talking for a while. Thanks for indulging me for the last five minutes or so. Uh, The three of us are going to be sharing the vision a little bit this morning. Ron's going to kick it off. He told us that we get to just say whatever we want behind him, which is going to be awesome. Uh, Hey, you practiced that already. I told him not to clap for you. You All right, give it up for Kevin. We love Kevin. All right, (laughs) thank you. I didn't have to do this. Don't do it. All right, Ryan, why don't you take us, take us there? Yeah, well, good morning, everybody. One thing about what Kevin said, please make sure, check right now, double check, that you have your name and your email address on your Connect card. Every session we get a Connect card or two, somebody signed up for a group and there's no name. It's really hard to find you. It's tough. Okay? All right. You know, as I was praying about what we were going to talk about this morning, over and over again, God kept bringing some principles to my mind. We're going to, go, we're going to go to God's Word this morning, but we're going to start with an understanding. And the understanding is that as a church, God has prepared us for a fresh and compelling vision of where He wants to take us as a church. So I was praying about that. I realized there's kind of two, two kinds of churches. There are the churches that, well, this is the general guidelines of what God wants a church to do. So We're going to be a church, and we'll fit ourselves somewhere in those guidelines, and whatever happens, happens. And then there are those churches, and I can't always tell you why they end up this way, but they have a special assignment from God, and throughout their entire lifetime, they continue to press into God, and He continues to reveal what's next, and what He wants to to do through them next. Which kind of church do you think New Life is? It's def- we are definitely in that latter category. And this morning is really all about just laying out for us what God says the road ahead of us is supposed to look like as we find and follow Him. So, how do I know we are prepared for a fresh and compelling vision? Well, God has increased the work of His Spirit among us. I like to think of it as He's stirring the pot. Okay? How do I know God has increased the work of His Spirit among us? Well, first of all, by the number of you that are coming to faith in Christ and saying, I'm making my decision this morning to accept Christ as my Savior. People that have come only two or three times and already God's Spirit is working in their lives. If you were here a few weeks ago, just the sheer number of people who participated in a baptism service 21 people on one Sunday saying, I'm stepping forward with Christ. That's the work of God's Spirit among us. Several of you, many of you are new. Some new this morning. Many of you are new in the last three or four or five weeks. It's just a sheer number of people. What that tells me is that God is stirring the pot. Why? Because every time God gets ready to do something fresh through His people, He always precedes it by increasing the work of His Spirit among them. Because He wants our hearts prepared to hear 
what he has to say to us. I'll give you another reason why I know that God has prepared us to receive this this vision, and that is because he's placed us in a community that's ready. You know what I mean by that? Well, there are lots of churches that are in communities, and I almost went to pastor a church one time. I did a little demographic research, and I found out that 67% of the people in that town, 67, that's two out of three, were in church every single Sunday. That's a great thing. But that would be a nightmare for me as a pastor. Who would I go work on? You know, my passion is reaching people that don't know Christ, that aren't connected with the church. And that's really the passion of this church. And God has placed us, what I think, is right out on the front lines uh, in, in this struggle between the message of Christ and the message of this world. Because we live in the most unchurched area in the United States. How great that we get to be a church that shines a light in that darkness. But not only has he placed us in a community that's actually ready and hungry and thirsty for Christ, even though they don't know it, many of them, but he's placed us in a facility and in a campus that has some room to grow. Okay? You like this place? Yeah. I love this place. Well, guess what? Last week, yeah, last week or maybe 10 days ago, we actually signed papers with our mortgage company, and we have a new mortgage for this place that will leave us in here for several more years with evaluation times and hopefully for several decades. Are you on board with that? I want to thank you for your prayers. You will be getting an FAQ sheet as you leave today, and there are a lot of things, because we're going to fly through this, there are a lot of things that we won't be able to get into great detail. If you look in the FAQs, you'll see what the actual terms of that mortgage are and so forth. But I just have to tell you this. When you prayed and we prayed, it's a pretty rare thing when someone is willing to loan you $2 million interest-free. You on board with that? When they presented that to us, they said, last time we checked, that's a really good rate. Do they do personal home loans? Or? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So that's, that's not quite half of our mortgage is actually interest-free for at least the next three years. So uh, when, when you say your prayers tonight before you go to bed, would you bless God for the way he's working through our mortgage company who also are Christian people? So, God is preparing us. Yes. God is preparing us by leaving us in this place with lots of room to grow. Okay? Let's go to a third principle. Yes. There we go. Number four. God has revealed his vision to us. Don't have time to get into the details, but I can tell you this. When, when the leaders of, of God's church press into him, it enables them to receive a vision from him that they could not otherwise get. And a couple of months ago, back in the beginning of March, 28 of the top-level leaders in our church pressed into God by reading a book that, that, that really clearly laid out for us 
how to hear God's voice and respond. And we said, that's what we want to do. And we gathered right here. Yes. Here we are back here. Be sure you stand next to you. I just wanted to say that there were 28 of us that read that, but then the buzz has begun, and there are actually other people, now that the 28 of us are done with our either Nook versions or our Kindle versions or our paper old school versions, that actually we pass those on to other people. It's starting to circulate around the church. If you haven't heard of this book, it's called The Power of a Whisper, which is incredible. I hear, I see heads nodding over here. If you haven't yet read it and you are looking for that same kind of infusion, it isn't unique to church leaders. That book is for Christians. It's called The Power of a Whisper by Bill Hybels. Yes. So, yeah, what a great book. And, and so then we gathered together. Thank you, Angela. We gathered together. And uh, right here um, on a Friday evening, March the 9th, and we spent two and a half hours just worshiping God and listening and saying, God, speak into our hearts about our own personal walk with you, about our families, about our church, about our community. And then the next morning, we got together for a time of strategic planning. And then the following uh, Monday and Tuesday, the staff and I got together for some extended time of strategic planning based upon what God was saying to us and what we were hearing from him. And then uh, I took three days of fasting and prayer uh, right after that. You put all that together, and God said, yeah, I'm ready to reveal to you what I want you to do. I've been working in this church for 14 years to set you up for what I want to do now through you. So, five key strategies we're going to look at. But before we get into that, let's look at what the name of this vision is. And I know you've heard this name before. It's the Take Hold Initiative. You remember what our key verse is? Can we say it out loud together? You can actually look at the screen and cheat if you want to. It's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And what does it say? Take, Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And we've been challenging each other to take hold of this life that Christ died so that we could live and we could experience. Well, this is the big picture view of that. This is us as a church taking hold of our mission, our God-given mission. And I want to tell you in a simple phrase what our God-given mission is. Here it is. It's reaching our community for Jesus. Would you say that out loud with me? Ready? Let's say it together. Ready? Reaching our community for Jesus. Wow, that's huge. So what would it mean to reach our community for Jesus? Well, fortunately, the Bible contains a case study of a church that actually did that. And I want to read it to you. And I want to tell you that God directed me to this passage when I was a junior high kid sitting in church. And I prayed, God, someday I want to be part of a church like that. And God said, okay, I will do that in your life. And you'll get to be part of a church like that. And here's, here it is. They brought the apostles before the high council where the priest, where the where the high priest confronted them, didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name? That part of it I wasn't so keen on, especially if I got in church leadership. I wasn't so keen on getting called in front of the council. But I want you to see what happened. Instead, you have filled, circle and underline the word filled. Most important word for us this morning in that passage. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching about him and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, and you want to underline this last sentence all together, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Two principles out of that passage 
The first principle is this. What God is calling us to do is to listen to Him. We must obey Him. We must focus on obeying Him rather than listening to our own personal preferences or even the expectations that others might have on us as a church. We hope to be able to unfold what that looks like. We want you most of all to know that when we find and follow God's mission for us, we're obeying God. It's not personal preference. Secondly, and that is our goal, is to fill. That means completely cover and saturate our city and the surrounding area with the teaching of Jesus. Does that sound like a great thing for a church to do? Sounds good to me. Shake your head like this. Want to hear him shake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's good. So what does it mean? Well, this is where we get into that case study of what it means. All right? So let's take a look at the key strategy number one that God has led us to. And that is having everyone in our community have their life touched by at least four people that go to new life. I'll see if I can explain this in mathematical terms very quickly. If you've ever gone to like a a memorial service for a friend that's held at a local mortuary, you will notice that most mortuaries hold between 250 and 350 people. And the reason is because the average person in their circle of interaction has about 300 people that somehow are touched by their life and would come to a memorial service for them. So I began to pray into that and say, okay, God, if we're going to fill this entire city with your teaching, well, for sure, we'd want everybody's life in our community touched by at least one person that goes to new life. But really, that would just, that wouldn't actually cover or saturate. You'd just barely touch everybody. What if we did that four times over? What if everyone in our community interacted on a somewhat regular basis with at least four people that went to New Life? Would that fill and saturate our community? Yeah. So I looked up the, the uh, population of New Life, sat down, did a little handy-dandy math. You know how many people that means we need to have coming to New Life from Petaluma? in order to touch everyone's life with at least four people, 773 to be exact. Wow, can we do that? Yes, you think God would want to do that through us? Yeah. Absolutely. And here's, Ron, here's what people yeah. I think are a little nervous about right now, is they're thinking, I don't even have 400 Facebook friends. I don't know if I have 400 real friends. Right? <laughs> so maybe we could lay out a little bit what that 400 touch points looks like. It's not 400 close friends. It's 400 people that you're touching in some realm, right? Exactly. There might be, uh, if you go to Safeway, you might know the name of, of a checker that, you, that often checks you out, right? And, and does your groceries. So, yeah, not checks you out. Does your groceries. <laughs> I heard that back there. <laughs> It's the peanut gallery back there. Put my microphone up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So that's what it means. These are just people. You know, you're a so- you're a soccer dad, and you take your kids to the soccer game, and there's other soccer parents there. And for the next eight to ten weeks, at least you have some point of reference with them, and they with you. What you have to see is you never know when God has been working in one of those people's lives. And they're just ready. I'll tell you a little story in a little bit about how that can look like and what that looks like. So that's the deal. Now, but we care about more than just Petaluma. Anybody here from Roanoke Park? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love people in Roanoke Park. Anybody here from Sonoma? Yeah, all right. We love people from Sonoma. Anybody here from Novato? Yes, we got people here from Novato. Yes. So all the surround. Got anybody here from Santa Rosa? Yeah, all right. We care about all those areas. And I won't get into all the mathematical formulas, but the bottom line is, in order for us to cover Petaluma four times and those surrounding communities at a rate at which it is reasonable to believe God could work through this church, then over the next season, God wants to grow this church to 1,252 people. I heard a gasp. Hey, Ronnie, when you yes. first said that to us and we talked about it as a staff team, it's to me, I think what's different about this vision um, that includes a number versus other visions that I have seen at other churches or I have seen in print other places, it's not very exciting to get around building a number. It's not very exciting to get around just, hey, you know, we got we to gotta get to this number. Um, it, to me, it's exciting that we're reaching our community. And I, well, God bless you for doing that math. I would, A, never have thought of it, and B, probably would have done it wrong. But uh, what I get excited about is picturing what that looks like um, in our community, as opposed to we are one light that's just a beacon and people can come here on Sunday mornings. I get excited about the fact that the whole point behind this is Sunday morning isn't the light. We are the light. I am the light. When I go to the grocery store, when I participate with my other nonprofit that I enjoy being around and build relationships there, that I am the light. And instead of just one place where we all come to to get the light, it's actually us traveling out uh, sure. to be the light. And to me, that gets exciting. I'd rather Well that. said. I actually have some diagrams to show us that. Are you ready for some pictures? Yes. Here you go. In a typical community, the community is the, is the square and the church is the circle. Many churches, well, this is our church and whoever we can get to come, well, that's kind of cool. And however big that ends up to be, you know, we're all comfortable with, well, that's kind of cool. And we sort of did our little part over there. But my question is, as I look at that diagram, would you say that that community is filled with the teaching of Jesus? No. Just that one little circle, all right? So then I thought, what would it look like to have one person's life touched by four people from New Life? So take a look at this. The shaded area is that one life, and it's touched by four different people who go to New Life, who, who are growing in their walk with Christ, who are part of a life group, and, and who are making progress. So then I thought, what if everyone in our community was touched by four? And this is what that, that square looks like now. Now would you say that place is filled with the teaching of Jesus? Absolutely. That's our goal. So this is not, this is not like, oh, we got to grow the church to a certain number because we like that number. We have a job to do. What's our mission again? What was it? Reaching our community for Jesus. And that's what it will take for us to reach our community for Jesus. And you know something? On the day that you and I stand before the one who died for us, and he says, what would you do with my gospel? I would love to be able to pull out that picture and say, that's what we did with your gospel. Are you on board with that? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you mentioned the FAQs, but... Um just as I'm sitting here listening to this, speaking of not being good with numbers, I don't look at the crowd and I can't guesstimate how many people, and I'm not very good at that. I feel like you keep track of our attendance better than I do, but where are we in relationship to the numbers that we're talking about here? I mean, I okay. know where we were on Easter. That's super exciting, but Easter is kind of one of those rare dates where everybody sure. comes. So 
Can you say where we are versus where we're headed? I can tell you last Sunday we had 529 people in church. Okay? So we are approximately a church of 500 people on our way to becoming a church of how many? 1,252 people who have filled this community with the teaching of Jesus. So that's key strategy number one. Key strategy number two, I'm going to turn it over to Kevin. All right. Wow, thank you. You guys, I mean, the love is just incredible right now. I am I'm overwhelmed. Let's go ahead and take this over here. Thank you. So like Ron said, we have this vision, and it's actually, we keep saying a new vision. It's not really a new vision. It's always been our vision. We have two key things we're trying to do as a church. We're trying to reach our community, and we're trying to, as Christians, become, I'm outside of the light. Is that better? As Christians become fully devoted followers of Christ. Always hug in the spotlight. We need to be careful. And so I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about reaching our community, because that's the thing that drew me to New Life initially. That's the thing that brought me on staff, is to reach our community. And then Angela is actually going to talk to you for a few minutes about what it looks like to be fully devoted followers of Christ, people who are doing the things God says to do, experiencing the life he called us to live, and then actually being in our community and drawing people in, because we are lights around our community. So uh, let's talk for just a few minutes about reaching our community. And you can take your own city, whatever that is, or your own circles of influence, whatever that is. But let's talk for a few minutes. Jesus in Luke chapter 19 was walking into Jerusalem and he looked over the city, God's chosen city. And the Bible says that he wept. He cried over the city. And here's what he said. He said, if you only had known the things that make for peace, you would have found peace. You would have come to me, but you've missed it. And he weeps because the people in his city, in God's city, missed God. And my goal is that as we grow as followers of Christ, we will look at our cities and we will weep over the people who have missed God. I was doing some research and found out that uh, about 30% of any given city, and I would say that Petaluma and Roner Park are actually higher than this number because of sports and other things, but 30% of any given city, people cannot go to church simply because it's on Sunday morning. They have work, or they have sports, or they have other things they're involved in, and they cannot go to church. And we are a city that loves our kids and values our kids, and so sports are huge, and extracurriculars are huge. And so I would say even more than most cities, probably 30 to 40 percent of Petaluma cannot experience God simply because we have church on Sunday morning. And I don't think that's acceptable. Do you guys think that's okay? I don't think that's okay. I think that actually breaks God's heart. I did some math, and I found out that what that looks like is about 17,000 people in our city of Petaluma cannot experience Christ because we don't have church at other times on Sunday morning. If you add Roanoke Park onto that number, we're up over 30,000 people. Who It's not that they won't or they don't want to. They can't experience God. And I think Jesus looks out over our city and he weeps for those people. He says, if you only knew. And so for years, I posted this on Facebook. For years, I have wanted something I know all the staff have. Ever since I came on staff, I said, I want to start a night service that reaches that 30% of people who cannot experience God. And on July the 8th, we are going to start a night service. And I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys are too. We're going to continue to have our morning services, but we're going to have this evening service not just so that it's more convenient for those of us who go on vacation, who have kids in sports. That's one of the reasons why we want to do it. 
But our main goal for starting this evening service is so that we can reach that 30% of people, so we can open the door, give them a way to experience God. And I'm really excited about that. It's going to be about an hour and five minute long service at five o'clock. It's going to run from five to 6.05. And all this information is in your frequently asked question sheet that you're going to get when you head out. It's going to be about that long. Here's some similarities to the morning services, because morning service is pretty good, right? You guys enjoy morning service. You're experiencing God. Here's some similarities to it. We're going to have the same sermon topics. So in the morning, uh, we'll have a sermon series, a topic that will also continue in the evening. So if you're a morning service person and you're on vacation for a weekend or something happens in the morning, you can't be here, you can come to the evening service and get the same teaching topic. The service is, the worship is still going to be incredible. It's still going to draw you in. We're still going to have amazing children's programs that we're working to form right now. Uh, some of the differences for this evening service, one of them will be that I will be the primary teaching pastor for this evening service. And so um, I'll be teaching roughly three or four Sundays with then Ron coming and teaching on that fourth or fifth Sunday. And then it'll switch. It'll be like it is in the mornings. Ron will preach three or four Sundays in a row and then I'll come and preach on that fourth or fifth Sunday as well. So that's one key difference is that if you have friends and you think, man, my friends would love to hear Ron preach. They would connect with him. I know some, of, I, know, I know not some, a lot of you do, and you put up with me on the backside. But I know a lot of you have said, hey, we have friends. We want them to come, and we want them to, to hear Ron because they would really engage with him. And then we come, and it's Kevin, and Kevin's good, but he's no Ron, right? Well, now you can say Ron will be preaching every Sunday morning or almost every Sunday morning. And if you're one of those people who, who engages with me, we have uh, the way I communicate, you really engage with. And you say, I want to bring my friends to engage with Kevin because I think they'd really connect with him. Then Sunday evening would be the place where you could bring your friends and, and we could help them connect with Christ that way. Uh, we're going to have, it's going to be a very organic and free-flowing service. So we're going to have uh, some long worship sets where uh, we're not going to be passing the offering baskets to, for your connect cards and your offering. We're going to have stations around the back of the room where you can just drop your offerings and your, uh, your connect cards at the end of the service on your way out. Uh, we're going to have communion tables around the church most Sundays, and we'll just say during worship at some point, you can just get up and you can take communion at any point during the worship service uh, and, and kind of do it that way. So we're going to have some flowing elements. It's going to be really fun. Uh, I am really excited. One of the things I said when they invited me to come on staff, I said, yeah, I would love to do whatever you have for me, but can I also start a night service and be the primary teacher for it? And they said, yeah, you can as soon as we're there. And we decided after about three and a half years, we will never be there where it's the perfect time to start a night service. So we're going to do it, and we're going to trust God that he's going to bless it in incredible ways. So uh, that's just a little information. There's a whole bunch more in your FAQ sheet, and we're going to be around to answer questions at the end of the morning as well. So that's one of our key strategies in reaching our community is we're going to start this service so that that 31,000 people just in Petaluma and Runner Park have a place where they can engage with God. Because right now there aren't a lot of churches where people can do that around our city. And so we're going to make it happen starting on July 8th. Uh, what that means for me, by the way, is some of you know this, some of you don't. I've been overseeing our life groups ministries for the past two years or so, and God's done some great things in this ministry. Uh, one of the ways that I think God has gifted me is to start a ministry that's kind of doing okay and do some big, broad strokes to take it to the next step. That's why I'm excited about the Sunday night service. But one of the things that I started kind of get weighted down on is when things... Uh, we get really good, and then it's like, okay, what's the next step after that? What's the continued vision? What's God want to keep doing? And as we were having these conversations, Angela opened her mouth, and she laid out this vision. Yeah, it That's is shocking. Unusual. It is. <laughs> this vision and this passion that God has started to birth in her for taking our life group ministry to the next level to really do some incredible stuff. And so Angela's going to be stepping into the life group's ministry role, and that's going to be one of our key ways to help people develop. So I'm going to let her share a little bit about how she's going to be moving us forward there. You didn't turn that fancy thing off. I want to go back to your scripture. I, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to write it. 
Luke 19, and it's right here. Yes, if only you had known. Uh, We're going to talk about key strategy number three, which is, um, your fill-in is develop disciples of Jesus through intentional life group training. And uh, Kevin's right. What God did in this church when we made the switch over, when he took us through that transition from life groups that went ongoing all of the time to the 12 weeks with a break in the middle and um, all of that was powerful. We are not going to change that part. We absolutely love what that is creating in our church. What we're going to do, what I am going to do, is work on this intentional part of the life group. Um, so far, our, the way that God has moved is he's just birthed some kind of vision in somebody who says, okay, God, I'm going to follow you in that, and then we're going to have a life group for it, and I'm willing to be the person to step forward. What I really loved about this scripture, um, which was from Luke 19, is if only you had known the things that make for peace. The truth, in the, the truth is in the Bible that there are scriptures that use the phrase new life. And being a church whose title is new life, I actually went and looked up all of the scriptures a couple of months ago that, that referred to new life. And what I found interesting was that there is, if not equal, a little bit weighted towards the reference of new life that exists here on earth. I think a lot of times we talk about salvation and we're talking about our salvation in our eternity and the new life that is an eternal life when you become a Christian. But the truth is the Bible has just as much, if not more, to say, significantly more to say, about God's vision for our life here on earth. What we want to do in life groups, what we're doing on Sunday mornings, is being intentional about developing us. The scripture that if only you had known the things that make for peace. How many of us struggle with peace? How many of us sit next to the answer of the universe? And we sense it when we come here on Sunday mornings because we're filled with a bunch of other people. The room is filled with people who are seeking God and the ultimate answer to the universe's questions. And yet, on Tuesday, when we're fighting with our spouse, or our children are driving us crazy, or our finals have become overwhelming, and we can't, where is Pastor Ron then? (laughs) He didn't follow you to tell you, this is the way for peace, this is how it works. And the truth is, you and I, in our individual walks with Christ, have everything that we need to live an abundant life. And we can do it, but most of us do not know how to tap into that, do not know how to take what we learn on Sunday mornings and make it part of our day-to-day life. And that's what we want to do together as a church community. We want you to sit here for the purpose of connecting with God and each other, but that it should launch you into a life that is six more days of peaceful, abundant living. And that's what we're going to try to accomplish. We're going to do it through three ways. One is a curriculum that we're going to call Follow. And I love this tag. I'm super excited about it. It's taking my faith from something I believe to something that I am. How many of us feel on Wednesday like a different person than we feel right here clapping about the things that God cares about and being super excited? And then we cannot find that feeling come Wednesday when temptation hits. This is an intensive 12-week study that we're going to do. Um, it's, called, it's going to be called Follow. You'll see it. It'll be promoted. The idea is that uh, there is something there that if we can know that and that can just be part of who we are, we don't have to struggle six days of the week and just wait for our spiritual food to come on Sunday mornings. We can be that person. It doesn't fade, come and go. And then the second way we're going to do that, and these are the blanks underneath here. The first one is Follow. The second one is Core Curriculum. We got together and we started to think, what is it that we would want if somebody lived their entire spiritual journey just at the food that they got at New Life? What would we want them to know? What would we want them to be exposed to? The truth is you have just as much access to your Bible as the rest of us. But as we all get in there, there's different, it's expansive. It's a big book and it's full. 
Um, we want to provide intentional training, intentional food for you in these key areas. The FAQ sheets or the frequently asked questions sheet actually has this slide and this information. But these will be the classes that we'll be offering with the intention of training. Now, uh, Kevin talked this morning about the different kinds of life groups that we have. We'll still always have those, like, for instance, I'm going to put in a plug, I, we're doing a soccer life group with all girls this summer, and I'm super excited about that. The idea is connection, and we are going to take initiative, both on the soccer field, because we are going to attempt to win, and uh, in our lives. We're going to take hold of the life, the eternal life that God has called us to. Those classes will still exist. These classes are intended to train. So when you are ready for that next step, we all have plateaus, valleys, and mountains in our lives. When you are at that step and you are ready for the next thing, you're going to want to look for these core curriculums because these are the things that will equip you to live the life that you believe. The second, uh, the second part of this core curriculum is the family track. If we say that we want everybody at New Life at some point to take those core curriculum classes, and then we also have these two that are designed specifically for families, that's a little off-putting, so I'm going to explain this just a little bit more. There are two classes that we're calling the family track. We're not going to require everybody to go through that, but I am going to put a plug in here. The chances of us making it to the end of our lives, never having been married and never having had children, are kind of minuscule. The chances of us getting to the end of our lives and not rubbing shoulders with people who are married or who have children is obsolete, absolutely. So these courses, while they are the family track, the one on marriage is called One. The one on children is called Multiply. These are God's design. Why he designed the marriage relationship to work that it is. How can you get to a healthy marriage relationship? And the Multiply. These are not classes that have techniques for marriage, conflict management, or techniques um, for parenting. These are classes about God's design. They go, they pull way back on the macro level. And it would be in our community's best interest, uh, one of the core curriculums that we are offering is FPU, which is Financial Peace University. And you might wonder why a church has a class that is designed specifically for finances. Secondly, these are related to that in the same way that when you look around at our society and there are things that are natural pitfalls for people, and they are, we're watching person after person after person stumble in these areas. And then the church is providing nothing for that. The church is not speaking into that in any way, shape, or form. We're missing it. We must speak in. When there is an epidemic of divorce, when our children are being raised without character, we as the church, if we hold the answer to the universe and we hold it to ourselves and we do not share that, shame on us. We must speak into that. And part of that is offering this as a church, but it doesn't do any good for us to offer that if the people who could take that message to our community of hope aren't taking the classes. So whether or not you're on the family track or you someday will be on the family track or you've already gone through the family track, we would, exp we would hope and encourage you to take these core curriculum classes. Since I don't have children and I am a newlywed, of, uh, is that That's great. Okay? Yeah, that's perfect. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right, that's that's my little bit of a pet uh, project. I absolutely adore learning. And I, my hope is that we become a, a church that is addicted to that next growth phase. And one thing that I'll say is these groups will start to come up as we head into the fall and as we head into the spring. You'll start to see these groups and Angela's going to tell you how you can find those groups in the coming sessions. We don't have a lot of those groups right now. It's true. We're in the process of writing and or researching them. Uh, the next one is electives, which I alluded to that. Core, the life groups will still have the core curriculum. They'll begin to be more intentional, but we will continue to have electives. These are also training courses. This is also on your FAQ sheet. Um, and then the next uh, part of the electives, which is, that's your third blank, by the way, 
The next part of your elective is the as God leads. We'll always leave space for God to move. Move, And if God says, hey, Angela, I want you to do a soccer life group this summer, I'm still going to want to respond to that. So if God does that in your life, we're still going to want you to respond to that. Um, uh, core, sorry. Key What's strategy. Key strategy. Dang, I don't give sermons very often. All right, key strategy number four is expand life groups to targeted areas. And... Um, this just makes sense to me based on what Ron said about, you know, if we're going to try to fill our community, we can't have our community all commuting to, uh, it's hard to share life when you have to commute 30 minutes to get there. So our life groups are going to reflect what we're trying to accomplish on Sunday morning, which is reaching our community outside of Petaluma. So these are our target areas. We're going to be offering life groups. We're going to be asking those of you that live there to step forward to either host or to um, actually lead life groups in these areas so that our people who are trying to share community don't have to keep coming to Petaluma midweek for all the special events and all the connection time. We're going to be reaching out. Well said. Well, are you excited about life groups? You know, when we, when we talk about training, uh, that follow class, it is our goal and our intention that every single person that calls this church their home would go through that class. Okay. What you're going to get there is so good and so rich. You're going to love that class. It's also our goal that every single person who calls New Life their church home would at some point take each of the core curriculum life groups. Because, again, it's basic training for walking out the Christian life. You're going to be inspired by what you hear in there and what you learn, and it will change your life. Because the deal is we want to become followers of Jesus, not just happy church members. You understand the difference between those two? Yep. Yeah, we want to become followers of Jesus. Because the truth is, if we're not followers of Jesus, we won't be happy church members for all that long. That's true. Right? That's absolutely true. All right. Then let's go to key strategy number last. Here it is. We're going to develop a growing stream of dedicated and skills, skilled leaders through ongoing leadership training. If you've ever seen a sporting event where a team had a big lead or, a, or an individual had a big lead and then the closer they got to the finish line, they started to choke, right? You've seen that before? Did you know that a lack of leadership can actually choke a church? Yeah, that's true. can choke a church if there aren't enough of them it can choke a church if the quality of life of the leaders is not what it should be. Are you tired of turning on your TV and seeing about some pastor who ran off with somebody else's wife and, and just blew up the church? Did you think that choked that church? Yeah. There's three things. The number of leaders, the quality of their life, and the skill level they have in leading. So God has clearly said... If, if, if you're going to fill this city and this surrounding area with the teaching of Jesus, then you're going to have to have an expanding stream of, of qualified and skilled and dedicated leaders. So this coming session, we're taking a pilot program, and I've, I've personally invited 20 people to be part of that program, and we're going we're gonna to launch a leadership training program based around some material called Images of Leadership which take the, the various word pictures of leadership in Scripture and, and break them out. And what does that mean in our lives as we lead 
God's people. And then we want to expand that so that we're always training and developing new leaders. Okay? So you can pray for me in that. You can pray for those 20 people. Now, let's bring this home a little bit. One of the current words in vogue in the business world is return on investment. Have you heard of that before? Basically, that means if I'm going to invest in this, what sort of return can I expect? I want to talk to you, first of all, about two uh, investments that, it's good, that we need to make. And the first is the investment of change. How many of you love change? Just absolutely love change? Oh, like uh, 10% of you. All right. How many of you struggle with change? I love all of you, and I'm going to pray for you. Okay? Because I want to tell you that there is no growth individually or corporately without change. Is everybody on board with that? Do you understand that? And you know what change means? That we have to learn to do some new things in some new ways and recognize that God's in that. And, and, and we don't want to be left behind. Okay? So that's going to be an investment that about two-thirds of you are going to have to make and one-third of you can't wait to make. All right? I want to talk to you about the second investment and that's sacrifice. And I want to tell you right up front that sacrifice means this. means anytime you say yes to something, you're going to have to say no to something else. Not too many of you are sitting around saying, golly, I'm so bored. I got nothing to do. I wish the church would come out with a new vision. Right? No one here fits in that category. Right? Because their lives are full. The deal is, for instance, here's what I mean. In order for us to, to effectively staff the Sunday evening service, we're going to need to raise somewhere between 20 and 30 new people to work in children's ministry. And some of you, God's going to move in your heart to say yes to that, but in order to say yes to that, what are you going to have to say to something else in your life? You're going to have to say no. Okay? I want to encourage you in that because if God is calling you to say yes to something, it's because you, he, you'll be okay saying no to that. Some of you, are, God's going to say, you know something? We need to have two life groups in Sonoma in the fall season. I don't live in Sonoma, but I'm willing to drive to Sonoma to lead a life group so we can begin to reach that city for Jesus. Or Novato, or Santa Rosa, or wherever. It means that you're going to have to say yes. You know what that means for some of you? You're going to have to say no to this gang of people that you've always done life group with. And you just love them. And they love you. And God's saying, you know, I got better things for you than just hanging out with people that you've known for a long time. I want to bring some new people into your circle of influence. So in order to say yes to this, you have to look at your buddies in life group and say, you know, it's been a great run and we're still going to be friends. And we're still going to hang out. I just can't do it at life group because God has a new assignment for me in life group. Now, what can we expect? Those are the investments. What can we expect in terms of return? Really clear, four things. Number one, we can expect a deeper partnership with our Heavenly Father. Because anytime we're willing to change and we're willing to sacrifice because God calls us to that, what does that do with our relationship with Him? 
draws us in, doesn't it? Sure. And it should. Secondly, we're going to see a greater effectiveness of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives because we're dialed in right to the heart of what he wants. And, and, and it's amazing when God's Spirit begins to work effectively in our lives. Number three, we're going to see greater joy in ministry. Don't you love it when, when new people come and find Christ? Isn't that great? That's awesome. And, and we're going to have a lot of joy in ministry. And the last thing is we're going to have greater time in heaven. I want to tell you a true story. And of all some people sitting right here, I'll leave the names out. But a couple protect of weeks ago... To protect the innocent, you're going to leave the names out. To protect out. the... Yeah, that's... Yes. To protect to, our worship leader from Evan Corinary. You're going to do it quickly. That's too. true. All right. Okay. Here we go. Perfect. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, we did a date your pastor thing. And I'm riding on a, on a big yellow school bus down to the city with about 30 or 40 people. And many of them I didn't know very well. So I'm sitting in a seat... And I'm visiting with a lady right across the aisle, and she's telling me her story. And I said, how did you come to New Life? And she, without saying a word, she just pointed to the lady next to her. And I didn't know her story very well either. So I said, okay, tell me your story. So she started telling me her story. And it was an equally interesting story, and God was working in their lives and so forth. And so we got to the end of that story, guess the question I asked. How did you come to new life? And she pointed to the people sitting in the seat in front of her. And I knew their story. But you know what this was? It started with one lady, and I don't even remember how she came to new life. But she came, and her life touched some other people. And she invited some other people, one of whom was her husband, who came. And one of whom was a lady at work. This lady, her life touched some other people, one of whom was this other lady we had that original conversation with. Friends, that's what it means. That's what it means to cover our community with the teaching of Christ. So that's the what. Now let's talk about the how for a second. And I think you guys are good. You've done great. Let's give them a hand and let them uh, slide off stage. Thanks. Strong, very strong, Ron and Angela. Pull out these connect cards for me. I'm glad Ron didn't say you have to sacrifice by going to the night service. That would have hurt my little feelings. So uh, what we're going to do is talk about what do we do? What's our response? Whenever we hear something from God, it always calls for a response. And then in that response, we always experience more of him. So on your Connect card, uh, I've got something that right under your life group uh, space, which is now filled out because you've all joined the life group. Uh, it says, after hearing God's vision for our church, I'm going to do, and there's a ton of stuff you're gonna, that, that you can do. Not that you have to do, that you can do. How is God stirring you? And some of you are going to say, well, let me go pray about this for two weeks. I don't need you to pray about it for two weeks. Just give me a gut response. What do you sense God doing right now? We're not going to have you signed in blood, but we do want to know what we should expect in terms of connecting with you guys as we move forward in this vision. So a few things you can do. You say, after hearing this vision, I'm going to make Sunday 5 p.m. service my service for six months. So basically through the end of 2012, I'm going to commit to coming to it, bringing people to it, serving at it. If you say, you know what, I'm excited about that service and I want to do it. You can mark it on your card. If you're saying, I'm considering making the Sunday night 5 p.m. service, my service for six months. Like, I'll pray about it. I'd be open to the idea. Would you mark that too? So um, if you're sure you want to make that Sunday service your service, mark it. If you're considering it, mark it. We just want to know what to expect. If 
like 400 of us say we're going to go to the night service, that's going to affect our morning service a little bit. So we need to really have some idea as to what's going on and what we should be expecting. Uh, And then we're saying, I want to participate in the following ministries, either in the morning or evening services. And here's what this looks like. See, some of you who are working in the morning services are going to be moving to the evening service and serving there, which means we're going to have some space opening up for people serving in the morning services. And then on the other side, some of you, uh, we're going to need to basically start this whole new service with children's ministries, ushers, greeters, all sorts of stuff. So uh, I want to know where you would like to participate as we move forward. And you can mark that down. In Kids Life, which is our 0 to 5-year-olds, our construction zone, 6 to 12-year-olds. In Guest Services, which are our ushers and our greeters. Uh, in Light, Sound, Projection, Finance, any of those areas. How do you want to volunteer as we move forward? So just so you know, if you mark that you're going to go to the evening service and you mark you want to volunteer, we're going to assume you want to volunteer in the evening service. If you don't mark the evening service and say you want to volunteer, we're going to assume you want to volunteer in the morning service. And as we move forward, I'll be having some meetings with those of you who want to start up this evening service with me because it's going to be very exciting. And then the bottom ones are all about life group. I want to join a life group this summer and act as an apprentice, which means you're going to be helping your life group leader. And basically what you do is you join a group, and that first week you say to your leader, I would like to be your apprentice. What do you need from me to help you? And that's a great way for you to raise up and become a life group leader as we move forward. Maybe you would say, I want to lead a life group this coming fall. I just decided I'm going to do it. Maybe I'm leading now, maybe I'm not, but this fall I'm going to lead. And then the last one is I would consider leading a group in another city this fall to expand the reach of God into other cities. So go ahead and look at that. The worship team is going to play a song. As they do, I want you to pray and think about what is your response to what you heard today. And go ahead and mark it on the card, and I'll tell you what to do with those after that. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.